over a thousand generations of Jedi Knights and Guardians of Peace, Justice, Hello, and welcome back to A People's History of the Old Republic. My name is Luke, and I know some things about Star Wars. Uh, not not many, but some. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey, who also knows things about Star Wars. Probably other things, too. But, <laughs> but, but, only one thing, but only one of those things is relevant today. Today, we are reviewing the first season of the book of Boba Fett, which just concluded this past Wednesday. Normally we ask a question right here, but uh, we're going to use that later in the show. Uh, so we'll skip it for now. Uh, but anyway, if you want to ask us questions like this or join the Discord, uh, you can do so at uh, patreon.com slash photorpod. It's just $5 a month. Uh, okay, yeah, so... Uh, we're going to talk about Book of Boba Fett. If you haven't seen it, uh, please consider this your spoiler warning. As we will be talking about the whole season, everything that happened, what we think it means for the future, etc. So again, if you're waiting to see the series without spoilers, turn off the show now. We'll give you five seconds before the spoilers commence. Uh, five. Four, three, two, one. Uh, I don't know what's a spoiler that I could say um, off the top of my head. Cad Bane uh, dies, I guess. That's the most spoilery. What? Who dies? Cad Bane. Oh, Cad Bane. Oh, man, rip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, now that we're past that, uh, yeah, let's just get into the show. Um, you know, No intro for me this time because um, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Kelsey, uh what the hell was that? So, I think that Book of Boba Fett is the narratively most incoherent production of live-action Star Wars since Rise of Skywalker. I think that's the only one of the modern era that comes um, that that surpasses it. Um, mm. So. But that's sort of that's sort of that that's critique and not explanation. What it was was seven episodes, four of which focused on Boba Fett's deep personal connections to Tatooine, apparently, and two of which focused on uh, on Dindarin, the Mandalorian, and his. Um, further adventures after uh, leaving Grogu with Luke. And then the last episode was... Um, team Up. Team, team up, up. Big, baby. big Team Up episode. It was what if you had all these toys and you put them in one toy box and shook it around. Um, so there's a lot... Mm. To to be clear, that's always what Star Wars has been, but yes. Sure. It was, it was that to the extreme. <laughs> I... Not since yeah. I think Kenner walked into the meetings after the yeah. first Star Wars have I have you yeah. seen as clear I guess Phantom Menace was very clearly toys on screen. This was very toys on screen. Um, mm. There's stuff in it. There's a lot of attempts at characterization. There's new aesthetics brought in. There's it's so messy. There's stuff in it that I think is interesting and adds to the universe. But as television and as sort of a coherent narrative it fell it 
whatever highs it had sort of fell flat by the abrupt pivot to a different show and conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um... Uh, it's, it's easily the weirdest season of TV that I've ever seen. Um, it's, I I don't, so like, I don't, I I didn't go into the show, uh, thinking that it would be good, um, (laughs) ever, uh, because it it didn't seem like it would. Um, you know, I went in, you know, like, okay, gonna see some stuff, you know, gonna see some stuff I know. Uh, I, I like Tamira Morrison, um, who plays uh, Boba, even though he's not the best actor. That's okay. Um, love him anyway. Um, and uh, so you know, I was like, yeah, cool. This, you know, whatever. This is gonna be silly. It's gonna be, um, you know. It's going to be silly, you know, get some memes out of it, get some laughs out of it because it's so dumb. Uh, maybe there'll be a couple good moments, you know, whatever it, it that, you know. So I went in thinking the show was going to be like a, you know, like a, a, you know, like a four out of ten or whatever. And I I don't even know what I would call it now. Like, I don't I, I don't have it, I've. I've okay i was trying to i was trying to like i was trying to think of like something that was even close to this and like i've i don't it feels i don't like a lost run of dark horse comics where you have a like (laughs) meanwhile and like half the comic is like the continuing the boba story you picked up in the miniseries and then it jumps into another one there's yeah it's a lot of little ideas that were stitched together and the the length and the structure of 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 i guess this is still technically prestige television certainly high production value television um, mm-hmm. shifts it and it feels weird. It wouldn't feel that off if it was like, um, maybe, maybe my sense is wrong, but it wouldn't feel that off if it had been like a cartoon and they jumped over and like, we're telling two stories or if they mm-hmm. made explicit, we're telling this half of the story here. Um, but we get, cause there's really three narratives that happen. And the first one is mostly done in the first few episodes, but there's the story of how Boba Fett, um, emerged from the Sarlacc, was found, captured by Tuscans, and then um, through uh, feats of strength and, and shared acknowledgement of his personhood and uh, became incorporated into the Tuscans. And that was a really compelling narrative. It's a story that's been told before. Star Wars leans mm-hmm. on Dune. Dune is a direct commentary on Lawrence of Arabia. We know this whole chain of sequencing, but it was a story that they told well and interesting and made explicit and direct references to. And I thought that was a compelling one. And that one is told over the first few episodes in Bakta tank flashbacks. (laughs) It is contrasted with a story set in um, post the conclusion of the Mandalorian season two and the reintroduction of, of uh, Boba Fett to live action, which is about Boba and Fennec Shand occupying Jabba's 
palace and then trying to rebuild a or to build out a status as a warlord um and there's stuff in there um if if and he is a shitty warlord (laughs) just the worst i yeah i mean this is clearly someone who has never read the prince which is fine the prince posted star wars by 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 well a long time in the future but um it's still wild that there isn't there's an attempt at this elaborate power structure um and his desire to have a role in it well it's not even his desire it's his attempts to have a role in it there's hard to see what the specific driving personal motivation is that bridges the gap between he was rescued and indoctrinated into Tuscan life and the Tuscans were killed and now he has to figure out what else to do with his life. And that's sort of where he meets, if I if I recall correctly, that's where he meets Finnick Shand, brings her to the mm-hmm. Mothers, who I'm sure will have lots to say about the Mothers um, soon <laughs> enough. And then they go and decide that rather than escaping a planet, that the definitive characteristic of anyone born on Tatooine is to leave it. Um, they decide instead the thing they are going to do is um, is they, they I believe they overthrew Bib Fortuna. We don't I don't think we see that on screen. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, that that's it. That was like the post credit scene. Oh uh, yeah, of like Manda of the uh, episode eight of. Okay, so uh, yeah, Mandalorian season two. Yeah, he he gets he gets shot in the chest. One shot, one kill. Sure, I mean, Bib Fortuna is 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 a, a, a nasty character. It's fine to see him go, and they certainly talk about that. But it's wild that the pivotal moment from <laughs> I am back alive to I have an obligation to these people happens in the post credit scene of a previous season. It's like there's just a lot that's super weird. And that's the first few episodes. And then... The second episode, or not the second episode, there's a, the, it's episode five, is basically just straight up an episode of The Mandalorian with a mm-hmm. brief... It's a, it's a good episode of The Mandalorian. It's too. got great stuff. It's got really interesting world building. I think the, um, there's so much in there, but it's like, so, so yeah, what did you think about, like, I guess the Mandalorian section of it? We can go back to, to sort of this, but the, I guess the brief structure, right, is there's two parallel Boba Fett narratives happening that are one through flashback and one through sort of the present of the story. Then there's two Mando mm-hmm. episodes and then they line up um, for a combined finale about owners fighting for control of the streets of cities in Tatooine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, I... I like the Mandalorian stuff in it. Like, I mean, putting aside the fact that like, it was just man, it was uh, random, very random Mandalorian stuff. Um, uh, that, that like didn't seem to fit in with the, uh, the show at all. Uh, prior to that, uh, you know, forgetting that fact. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I liked it. I liked, uh, the Mandalorian stuff. You know, it was two good episodes of the Mandalorian. Um, 
you know, uh, I like uh, what's her face, Amy Sedaris. Uh, oh, fantastic! Pelly Motto. I love that. The the her being like a her being into uh, Jawas and Twi'leks um, is one of the funnier uh, things. It's like that. That is that is perfect. No, absolutely no notes. <laughs> that is perfect. I like. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, you know, it's just there, you know, there's memes that are like, you know, it's like a, it's like a, 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 a teeny tiny book. It's like, you know, categories on Pornhub and then it's like, uh, and then the next picture is like a fucking giant, you know, 30 books stacked together type of thing. And it's like categories of a Pornhub in, in the, in Star Wars universe. And, yeah, like, <laughs> there you go, Pelly. There you go. Um, which, uh, yeah, I, I like her. Uh, anytime, uh, there's anything that has to do with Din and Grogu, I am great. I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, uh, I, I love Cobb Vanth because I like space railing givens. Uh, if you've never watched justified, you absolutely should. Um, you know, it's, it's about cops. Uh, but, um, you know, just look past that to the, uh, the, uh, the good uh, Elmore Leonard uh, parts of it and uh, Raylan and uh, Walter Goggins are both fantastic. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, a- I, I like, I like Cobb. Um, I, I, I like the stuff with Luke. Like, I mean, I, in the episode where he, where we see him training Grogu, I, I like that. Like, I, you know, I mean, obviously all the stuff about like the future of, how they're going to use this like insane, uh, you know, de-aging software plus like voice tech shit. I mean, it's terrifying, but at the same time, like, I'm like, it is terrifying. Um, but I mean, you know, the, there are a lot of, there are a lot of bad implications with all this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, well, cool. Um, I like what I like what they did with it in this instance. Um, fingers crossed that we don't uh, cross that threshold. But like, yeah, I I like that stuff. Uh, I mean, I thought uh, like seeing Cad Bane in there was cool. I like Cad Bane a lot uh, in um, in the uh, in the cartoons and everything. Um, I think he's a cool character. Um, I wish his design had been a little more blue. Um, there. Uh, yeah it was white i i like the design other than i just thought it should have been like his skin should have been bluer because he's a very very blue skin in in the cartoons and i realized the cartoons are not you know um you can't always take the exaggerated cartoon stuff you know for real but you know that is uh i just want him to be a little bit bluer i guess (laughs) um i don't know i like the stuff like um I, I liked them, uh, the armor coming back and training, uh, Din and they, um, you know, and it's basically the, the, the training sequence from rebels where Kanan trains Sabine with the dark saber and Din doesn't know how to use it. So it feels extremely heavy to him, you know, and, and that whole scene where he just, where he not only cuts himself, but like just fucks up all those, uh, whatever i think cladoinians or whatever they are the the bulldog face motherfuckers um that was awesome uh yeah and um you know and i yeah i I guess i guess this will probably all end with like din going off to you know um 
to to you know um find its own path in in you know with the mandalorians or whatever so you know we'll uh yeah i mean uh, what what did what did you think of the Mando? So um, there's I have parts. a lot of feelings. Out one is um, I think the fifth episode of Book of Boba Fett is weirdly the most direct continuation of what are the flaws of the of the Jedi that we've seen since. Um, since Last Jedi, right, which is all about like what were the limits of it, and they know in Last Jedi we're seeing Luke at the end of the Order, and then um, in this episode we're really seeing him at the start of it, right? He has one student, he is building a temple, um, but we get two really good with really cool looking droids. Oh yeah, way. those droids look fucking love, awesome. Love uh, the ant droids yeah. that just know not just yeah. to build a temple but also build a bench. Like that's very yeah. charming. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was very cute. I like that. So there's two, there's two big pieces. There's one is when he is, when Mando and the armorer are are talking, and there's the bit about how, um, he, that's when he asks that the spear be made into armor for the foundling, and then they talk about what the Mandalorian perception of like the Jedi is and how Jedi don't have attachment, but the armorer says. Um, and I'll, I'll get the exact wording wrong, but it was that the that our strength comes from our solidarity and from working together, which is a really great. And it, I'm glad it is text in Star Wars that this is a contrast and attention that attachment can be a source of strength as well as weakness. Um, but it also comes in the context of a deeply fundamentalist version of Mandalorians. We it's made explicit mm-hmm. that. Um, which had been suggested um, in the in season two of Mandalorian, I believe, but not clear that um, they are that the armorer and Din are descended from Death Watch, whereas Bo-Katan mm-hmm. is um, sort of the other part of of Mandalorian military who still fight. Um, and so that's like you have this this strong call about attachment solidarity, but it's also coming from a force that is introduced in clone wars to the world as a like fundamental like fascist cult um so that yeah 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 i guess i can see that i think i want to say i think din was actually the one that says the thing about solidarity i think he says it in response to something the armor says like he says like that's the mandalorian code um um but you know i don't you know I, you know, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's necessarily incompatible, um, you know, with anything else or, you know, that there are, you know, I, I don't know it, uh, to me, like, um, you know, I, my guess is that what's going to end up happening is that Din kind of leads the Mandos out of this, um, somehow. And like, he kind of fuses the two things together, like the old way, like the honor of the old way, but not, you know being such a weirdo that you won't take off your fucking helmet around people or whatever. Um, that, uh, you know, that, that, that death watch had. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you're right. It is, it is very interesting that, 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 that was how it was kind of put out there. And, and the armor is this character that's very badass and I think very cool. I love the mask. I love the whole out. Absolutely. And look and everything. Um, you know, but she's, yeah, like she's a fundamentalist and I, I, 
I, I do like that uh, that contrast in um, and it's in, in the show and least. in that episode, which is one of the few where sort of its themes are contained within the episode. Um, we later see um, Luke pose a question to Grogu, where um, he sets it down like, "Here is the armor that that Din made for you, and here is the armor, or here is a lightsaber that you could have if you pursue the way of the Jedi." And that's forced as a as a choice. And what we what is so strong about that is I mean, not just the, the being asked to give up attachment, which is uh, largely what sent Anakin on his path and uh, repeatedly causes problems for the Jedi. But it's that, like, Luke, we see the powerful, optimistic Luke post-Return of the Jedi making the mistakes that set him up to be the Luke of Last Jedi, which is really... I think a very compelling choice. Um, the outcome is fairly telegraphed by just the nature of the show, but also the fact that Din picks yeah. up a new spacecraft that has no room for held bounties, but definitely has a little seat in the back for um, for Grogu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. I think. Uh, I think we'll kind of talk more about Luke a little bit later, like Luke's specific approach to this a little bit later when we get to the question. Um, but like, uh, what did you, what did you think about like them resolving um, the Luke Din Grogu uh, uh, issue from, from seat from the, the season finale of Mando in <laughs> this separate series? It's, it felt a little strange structurally because I think part of what made the emotional impact of that so so great is um, once you have Grogu introduced as a character, which again, right, that, that happens in episode one of Mando, it's there, but it which becomes a character really. So really the whole show is around this dynamic between someone who has a explicit violent profession and then also has the responsibility for a child and there's ways you get around that to do other episodes right like that we amy sedaris's character comes about largely as a mm -hmm. way to like we're gonna park grogu here so that din can go do some adventure and come back and know the audience isn't worrying about what's happening to grogu the whole time or at least that's the implication mm -hmm. um but we get to a point um, that we see here, where like I think at the end of season two of Mando, the idea was that Grogu would be off screen for some time. I was expecting the return of Grogu to be like a season three Mandalorian finale kind of thing, and not mm. um, just so tidily <laughs> handed off here. Um, and maybe mm -hmm. that's because the handoff is something else. Maybe there is something there. We got to see um, Ahsoka again, who, mm -hmm. which was interesting. Um, and we'll get to see other things, and we we know where the characters are at the end of it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I how I feel about it structurally. The Grogu flying back to um, <laughs> in the X wing. I do like Amy Sedaris's character reacting to X wing like it's a cop car. I think that's a pretty appropriate yeah thing yeah. where it goes from like oh uh, officer, officer yeah I'm, uh, I'm sorry oh uh, i yeah uh, yeah the, these drugs uh, i don't know how they got here uh, yeah that was that was a yeah. great moment 
Um, and it was very goofy and handled well, but like I think <laughs> we don't really know what it's gonna. We know that the characters are back in place. It's sort of a hard. Re- it's sort of a reset. Like by and large, it's hard to know what has changed over the course of this except we fleshed out some backstory and a few little pieces on the board have been moved around um i yeah i i think i I mean i think that's what it was i i i i never so i i I think right after uh you know right after the the season finale when Gro- when Grogu goes with Luke, I I think I posted like almost immediately like you know he's coming back like you know first episode or whatever because it, it, not that not that um, first of all I even though I think uh, they like playing around with Luke especially Filoni does um, I don't think they want him to overshadow here and I think he's probably going to show up a bit more in the Ahsoka series uh, probably dealing with that whole Thrawn thing Uh, but they don't I don't think they want him to take over the show Um, which you know everybody seems to think he does and and I think the character does to some extent though you can write around that um uh, in certain cases. Um, and so like, um, you know, what am I trying to say? Um, I, I never, I never thought for a second that he, that he was going to be with Luke for more than like, I don't know, like a few months or whatever, like a little bit into this, uh, the second or the, you know, the third season of Mando, you know, and that was it. I just, I thought he was coming back because like, you know, it, the Mando is, is at, at, at the way they've structured it now at its heart as a show is like, you know, a wolf and cub show. That's right. That's what it right. Is. You got the wolf and you got the cub. And when they were separated at the end of last season, there were people, I very specifically remember them being mad that they broke up wolf and cub. And, um, you know, and this just brings them back together now. Like, I get, you know, like the thing like, okay, this is like a, this is, you know, like it happened in a side panel over here and people (laughs) who don't watch this show aren't going to know, you know, there's going to have to be, uh, you know, like a heavy introduction in season three of Mando to that, which is true, but like, I don't know, like, I I think they really want to play around with him being like, what's going to happen to Mandalore? What, you know, what's the future? Right, that's of one of the, the, the battle for the soul of, of, of not only Din, but also Mandalore. And, you know, it's like, right. That's one of the parts that I think was really, that's, that's still a, a open thread yeah. is that he has the dark saber. He still has, he fights a duel for, um, yeah. Over his right to, to still have it. And then to lead Mandalore. And then he also, he is explicit in referring to Grogu as a foundling and the Mandalorian, and Mandalorian yeah. by Creed, which is a really interesting approach and is sort of a broader understanding of Mandalorian um, than we've seen before. So po- that's potential for how the, the arc of this goes. Um, mm. And I think it's also just really telling, right, that like uh, that we know they have to be off screen by Force Awakens, but we don't know any – there's no other, I think, hard requirements – on these characters well so lou so grogu had i mean 
he didn't have to, but it, Grogu absolutely had to be away from Luke by, uh, what is it? Like 25 ish. Um, but like, even before that, we know that he didn't form his, his Academy, uh, until, um, until 15 ABY. And, uh, this and Mando and Bo- Book of Boba are both in like nine or ten ABY, so that's like a five year gap. And like, um, there's other stuff that does it definitely doesn't seem like there was room for Grogu like when the thing was founded. So there was like there, there was like a five year period where they had to get out of there. But I mean, like, I don't know. I like there's Grogu. Grogu is is the show is the star of the Mandalorian. Like that that is that is what it is. It's called the Mandalorian. It does not matter. Grogu is the star. It's Baby Yoda. You and if you if you don't believe that, that's fine. Just go look on any any aunt's Facebook wall. <laughs> go look at it. Just go. I'm not. I'm not like it, that. That character is a literal gold mine and is the star of the show. So like you know that you just have to like take that into account with all this. So you know it's like yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like. Sure. I, mean, I think when it, it's it's a it's a side quest, but it's the same. T- but at the same time, I I guess I don't really mind it. Uh, you know. Sure. So I guess instead of it being a whole episode of Mando season three. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a weird. It's a weird. So I guess my 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 big thing, right, is that because because Mando is a character created for this, um, and mm-hmm. then who doesn't have a a canonical end or origin outside the confines of of the new mm-hmm. live action shows of of um two shows now right it's these two shows now and more to come mm-hmm. um they have freedom to do a lot with it and explore it um and i think um and so i think it's telling right that the compelling episodes were the ones where they went deep on on Mando, there's there's other moments, and that's moments where they fill in gaps without a lot of, of texture. I know we wanted to talk about what we what we genuinely like, and beyond the um, the way they keep Mando's characterization going, I think the thing I found most compelling in all of it was the notion of the Tuscan arc with Boba. Um, mm-hmm. And like we we were riffing on this with with Amy Sedaris' character, but I think the these shows have gone out of their way to really emphasize the the personhood of non-human species, um, and not just from like mm-hmm. I mean we get it from from Amy Sedaris like going uh, talking about dating Jawas and and Twi'leks, but we also get it from um, learning and living with the Tuscans and the myth of the Tuscans, I thought particularly the lizard that goes in your brain and sends you on a quest was an amazing touch. I wish more <laughs> of the show had gone into that kind of space. I know you can't do like magical drug trip every time, but you can certainly get into, this is a universe with the force and all sorts of creatures and it should feel bigger and stranger than what can be packaged in a Lego game. 
Um, and so I really, I really thought the Tuscan backstory was interesting. Um, even if Boba's emergence from the Sarlacc was literally scripted to the point where he has a, where Patton Oswalt has a writing credit on it from his bit in a Parks and Rec episode. Oh, okay. Let me, I'm just going to say one thing. This is all I'm going to say. That was like that, that, like that, his description in the Parks and Rec episode is just, is just the description that you would give of the legends of, of Boba's <laughs> escape from it in legends. So like it, so it's like, you know, I saw people saying that and I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, but like, I mean, that's more like, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're saying, oh, they, they took it from Patton Oswalt. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, Patton Oswalt took it from like, I don't even remember. I don't think it was Zahn, but you know, took it from someone like Timothy sure. Zahn. Or, or they K- gave him, or KJ Anderson. they did give him a writing <laughs> credit for it. They did? I'm pretty sure. Let me double huh, check on this. That would be, be, that would be, that would be funny. Now that would be very funny if they did that. I would, that would be great. Um, yeah. Uh, I like the Tuscan stuff. That was cool. Um, I did find it funny that uh, Bobo went on his own drug trip and then, um, uh, you know, decided to be the head of Space Dare, uh, you know, because the, the drugs, the drugs are ruining the streets, um, you know, whatever that means, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, well, so that, that was, was that was very funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was yeah that was very weird uh stuff that i liked about the show um i like uh black Kersant. i don't know whatever his name black uh chrysanthemum black kazakhstan whatever his name oh. is um the Wookiee. Yeah. I love that guy. Love it. Love it. All the scenes. I want more scenes of him. I want him kicking more ass. I love the whole thing. I, you know, whatever. Like the, the, there were a lot, I had a lot of issues with the show. Fucking love that guy. Um, I, the design, uh, the, the Athorian mayor. Fucking love that guy. I love Athorians. <laughs> I love the way he looked. I love, like, yeah. The, fa- and, and I'll be honest, the fact that they hung him, they hung a guy with four throats from the neck, uh, at the end is like, that's fucking brutal. <laughs> it's so fucking yes. brutal. Um, it was awesome though. I liked it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's funny that Boba's like the nice guy, like everybody's like uncle or whatever. And Phoenix out there, like, like fucking murking an entire room of like, uh, uh, crime lords or whatever, like on the side. Right. Boba's like, "Hey, hey, it's me. I'm, uh, you know, it's Homer with the getting the donut, like molto bene, like pretending he's the Don or whatever." Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked, uh, I liked uh, Black Chrysanthemum. Um, I liked a lot of the 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 creature effects in this. Um. Uh, I like the Rancor a lot um, uh, from the finale. Like I was very surprised at how well that turned out. Um, but I also uh, enjoyed St- Star Wars uh, Kaiju fight. That was cool. <laughs> um, the big, uh, the big, dro- the 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 Chad droid decas. Uh, love them. Um, uh, I, I, it was weird that they they introduced Cad Bane and killed him off so fast. But I do love Cad Bane. Um, and I thought it was nice that they just, uh, they, they gave, they finally gave them the showdown, uh, which was a, um, um, 
which, which which was filled or which was scripted and everything for the Clone Wars, but was never done. Um, and and they basically ended it the same way. Uh, Boba gets his ass kicked in a gunfight and then ends up killing Bane. Otherwise, um, I like that stuff. That was cool. Uh, liked uh, Peli Mato, uh, Amy Sedaris, as I said. Um, yeah, uh, the 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 episode. Uh, I really there were a lot of um, the Phantom Menace touches in the fifth episode. Uh, you know where he gets the the uh, Naboo starfighter and yeah. flies it around Beggars Canyon and all that. I liked that. I thought that was great. Um, you know, if you're rolling your eyes at fan service, it's a show about Boba Fett. I'm sorry, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Like, I really don't like, like, yeah, there's fan service in it, but it's a show about fucking Boba Fett. Like, you know, it's like saying there's fan service in Solo. Of course there is. Solo was done because he's Lawrence Kasdan's favorite character. Of course there's fan service in it. It was made as fan service. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh yeah, anything anything else that you uh you really so like? So I thought something which I thought the mothers were a very interesting choice for how do you flesh out <laughs> life on Tatooine, and then something that it was I, I will I will outright the, say it was the spy the, kids, the, the, the spy kids, the cyberpunks, the netrunners. Um, yeah, Coruscant is a is a neon and jet bike world. So the fact mm-hmm. that like Star Wars has its own deeply cyberpunk setting or certainly saying like that is open to it. It's also ancient, it's many things. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the fact that you could have that spread out beyond just being on the one city that's mm-hmm. all city or the one planet that's all city. I thought it was really um Interesting what they did with them. I mean, I'm a sucker for scooters, and I I know <laughs> the bright colors are a, a real, real sharp contrast, but also shows in general could stand to have more color yeah. in them. I like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing a lot of, like, rewatching TNG and just the fact that, like, oh, right, if you put primary colors on people, then you can half pay attention to what's on screen and get what's happening. Um, so yeah. there's something to it. I also think the the notion that like what exists for medicine on the outskirts of the outskirts yeah, of yeah. civilization is you go to the weird cyber tattoo parlor and they fill you with robot parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say that. Like I thought I thought it was very cool that they put that in there because like that is a. Um, uh, that's a background thing in uh, legend stuff is that like a lot on a lot of like uh, uh, backwater planets, especially in the outer rim, they don't have like actual medical services. They have like they have like modders, tents and stuff like that. And since like medicine and everything is very expensive, but like, you know, droid parts and chip parts and everything are just lying around. They're not expensive. Um, and, you know, so you can. uh you know, you can uh, just get 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 your uh, bounty hunter friend uh, filled up with a bunch of uh, valves and things. Yeah, that I, I thought that was uh, that was a really cool touch, and that was something. Uh, it's mentioned in Kotor. I, I know that it's it's mentioned there um, as like a thing that happens. So, yeah. and then the other, I think my last note on what I thought the show did 
Well, it's again when it's using the Tuscans to build out the world of Tatooine. Because Tatooine is... It's a world that audiences are primed to care about because that's where Star Wars... It's like the second the second thing we see in Star Wars is on Tatooine. Mm. Um, and we know... And so we're primed to it, and we keep revisiting it, but it's fundamentally a world that is supposed to be uninteresting and left and dangerous and um, and ungoverned. And so it's weird to spend a lot of time in this world specifically, like even like putting Ray on Jakku at least shifted what sort of nothing desert you get when finding a le- even more nothing desert than Tatooine was good. But the thing that I did like is when you're talking to the Tuskets, right, who are the the people of this place for a very long time, and they have the the knowledge and this world of there being of Tatooine once having been a wet world was yeah. great and good to see. Yes, yes. The ta- the the constant references to Tatooine uh, once having been ocean filled, uh, of course, were great because. Uh, yeah, that is um, a whole thing uh, in Legends. Uh, Tatooine was uh, filled with oceans. It was a lush and beautiful world. And uh, then the Rakatans enslaved everyone. And the slaves revolted and uh, the Rakatans uh, glassed the entire world from space and turned it from a lush world into a sandbox um, in the deep, deep past. And yeah, that I, I, that that whole backstory hasn't been ported in but i like the idea of people talking about um about it and i was really hoping we get to see like a tuscan storyteller like there is in kotor but alas we did not Uh, they were all wiped out by the uh, speed bike gang or whatever the fuck (laughs) uh yeah um yeah so things that we didn't like um didn't like uh, rip to uh rip rip to a legend uh max rebo um didn't, didn't he wasn't like there saw the last of max rebo uh, was he, was he not, not there it was, was a different not? band i'm i'm good i'm continuing with this joke i really sure. <laughs> even if he's not yeah oh wait that's good to know i'm glad they, like specifically there. focused on like here's the the other band yeah and then Rats Terrell, one of the pod racers, was there, like right beside the explosion, which is just like, that's a, actually, I like that part. That's a really fucking funny thing to me because, like, they, they included this character who people won't recognize unless, like, you looking very specifically and you're looking at the credits and everything like that. And they put him in there and they sat a bomb down beside him and he blew up immediately. Um, yeah. Uh,. I'm trying to think of things that I just like despised. Um uh the weird like the 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 huts like coming in and then being like, "All right, we're out. I'm sorry. We got to go. Uh we're scared. Bye." Like okay. I I was fully I, I expecting so even I was expecting the season to continue to be a dune riff. And that the huts would do a faint yeah. retreat and then a reinvasion, a la Harkonnens, um, mm-hmm. which, like, I'm fine. It didn't retread Dune, but they were very much set up as like a big, enduring villain. And maybe they will be for maybe they're being introduced so they can show up in Mando or one of the other things. But mm-hmm. right now, it was a lot of 
build up to mm-hmm. a sort of uh, pretty minor denouement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I, uh, I, I did not like the pacing of the show at all. Like, no, I, I didn't like the pacing. I did not like, uh, I, like all of the like storylines, like just, not weaving in and out in and out of each other well um uh you know um i uh, it's so weird i like the john favreau wrote every episode of this except he co-wrote the sixth one with filoni um favreau's written good mando episodes and he wrote a good mando episode in this one and uh which was the fifth episode uh but like the rest of these episodes are so weird and so like so weirdly written i just don't i I don't understand it's there's like i really don't and so one of the things i think to to go really into the big limits is we know the show does a great job of establishing why boba fett would care specifically about a group of tuscans um yeah that would be compelling when it was still being told in the flashback um present story before we got to the eradication of the Tuscans, I was expecting that the basis for his power as his, his claim is Daimo's warlord thing would be that he could rely on Tuscans and provide for them that way. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. Um, and so yeah. again, if you're setting a story all on Tatooine, you should come up with a reason for why your characters who are capable and have access to spaceships aren't leaving Tatooine. Um, And I don't think maybe at the end, you sort of back into it where he has established this relationship with all these groups and they clearly rallied to some cause, but a lot of the heavy lifting comes through the end and not like, why is he specifically doing this? That he now has yeah. an obligation to the people, but there's no reason why he would cultivate those relationships in the first place. And even if his big thing is that, like, he is doing a war on drugs, we the show could have gone to lengths rather than just saying Spice is bad and you don't like it because it's trafficked, right? Like, I don't know how that logic broadly holds up unless you specifically showcase him watching people suffering from it right like that's the traditional way mm. you do a drug narrative right like this is what like the 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 crime shows of the 80s the 90s and the 2000s did is if you're talking about mm. why people are taking drugs off the streets or changing it you're going to lean heavy-handed on here is what is being done um and i mm. think by rating your inclination i don't think Disney particularly feels like their Star Wars needs to have on-screen tremendous suffering of that kind. You can have the violence of combat, but you're not going to have like people strung out. Um, and even if you did, right, there's a weirdness of all that portrayal. So they, they, they bypass all of it, and you just have to rely sort of on an ambient cultural understanding that this is the stand-in for all drugs and what good governance is is removing the existence of drugs that are being pushed on by 
outside forces. Um, and so you're left with this sort of hollow story about a guy who connection to the place comes from building security for it, but doesn't really have a reason for why he would do that, a connection to do it, a sort of circumstances, mm-hmm. other than this was the last place he was seen in <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Um, <laughs> and so there's there's ways yeah. you can build the world with nostalgia. I think adapting a, a Nabu fighter is pretty compelling um, as, a, as a craft. I thought it was a very interesting way to, to give him a new ship and do a throwback. But I think, like, it's just hard to see why he is on Tatooine. Yeah. 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 I I agree with all of that. It yeah, it's a weird, 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 weird show. Um, okay. So let's uh get to our question, which comes from Kobayashi, who says, Do you think the characterization is consistent with other canon sources? Um I uh I guess I uh I guess I'll answer uh first. Um I assume this is in regards to Luke um and and his portrayal in it and I would say yes it does. Um I I know people uh probably don't really like uh you know they don't really want to hear that um uh because you know they they like Luke you know they they have you know everybody has their own ideas for Luke and what Luke's going to do and everything like that and I think um I think what this does is it it goes a long way to um to like the stuff that we saw in the last Jedi this goes a long way to reinforcing why like how Luke got to that point to where like he um where he attacks Kylo, um, you know, he, you know, he, he lost, uh, he, he lost Grogu as a student. He lost Leia as a student, which is established in episode nine. I don't, I don't like the movie either, but it is what it is. It's, it's there. Um, he lost Leia. Now he, he can't lose Leia's son. Like he can't lose someone else. He cannot let this guy fall to the dark side. And so like, it's just these compounding failures on top of compounding failures on top of compounding failures. And you see it and you're like, Oh, okay. Like it's starting to make more sit. Like it, it, to me, it makes his, uh, attack or attempted attack on Kylo much more believable because it's just another in his string of failures. Um, and I'll, and I also think that while um, while his attachment is um, while while he's teaching that attachment is you know forbidden or is not great uh, to Grogu, you know everybody's like, well, you know, look what happened in Return of the Jedi, and I mean that is true but at the same time like luke was taught a very dogmatic view about this stuff by by yoda and by obi-wan and you know the way that it was presented to him is like this is how it is and it's not like he doesn't like he there's he can't go back and be like and and like talk to very many people about like what happened to his dad and like how all that happened like in legends he doesn't find like he doesn't find all the stuff out about anakin choking padme and everything like that and and the duel with obi-wan until like years later and they pry it out of 
R2's memory cores by basically torturing R2, um, which is a really just insane storyline, but that's beside the point. Um, uh, yeah. Um, it, you know, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. So this is just like him making his first forays and just screwing up. But at the same time, I will say this. He has no chance of teaching Grogu in universe because it is shown that Grogu only wants to go back and hang out with his fake real dad. That is the only thing Grogu wants to do. He misses Din. He wants to go back with him. And from the standpoint that Luke is talking about with attachment and stuff like that, he is absolutely right. He cannot teach Grogu. And so giving him the choice of like, here's an object lesson for a little child, like, I get that people think it's like kind of hokey or whatever, like, you know, roll your eyes. But at the same time, like he's talking to the equivalent of like a three-year-old. That's something a three-year-old understands. You get this or you get this, you know, like, you know, it's like. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's so striking yeah. is that, I mean, it's the, in in perhaps the greatest uh, uh, twist in, in, in the whole Mandoverse arc is the oh you're pursuing a 50 year old and it's a 50 year old who's a toddler at best yeah um and i think that's really that is that even when the jedi would start with younglings i don't know if they would start with literal toddlers i think it's a there's there's a few years there where you wait for them to be at least receptive to yeah what we would call school age um and yeah so i think it's good i mean i think what is one of the hard things about how the sequels were structured um and this is sort of the big the we we know what it would look like if luke was competent or mostly competent that's what the eu is we have all no he's infallible right right sure well and until it comes to the a few of the solo children but his batting average is a lot better just because there's more of them yeah um yeah but but we have that world, and I think it was a compelling choice to look at things. What if we don't have that? What if mm-hmm. the the order, the war was fought, and the victory that was promised didn't happen? Um, and that's sort mm-hmm. of the, the problem the sequels trapped themselves in, though, is that you have that, but they didn't come up with what exists instead in a compelling way. You feel a void watching the sequels more than you see a mm-hmm. universe that continue to, to live and have events happen in it. And so to get to the Luke of Last Jedi, all his appearances in between Return of the Jedi and Last Jedi have to pair his supreme personal ability at the Force and fighting with deep limitations as a teacher. So I think they line up well. Mm-hmm. I think we get that. But it means that you have a weird audience tension between wanting to see Luke on screen and then realizing when you're seeing Luke on screen, odds are you're seeing him leading to a failure um, in a real tangible way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. But, you know, again, like, I just... There was never, ever any part of me that thought that Grogu was going to be with Luke for longer than, like, I don't know, three weeks. Like, summer camp shit. Like, because, because like, Grogu, the only thing in his life 
The only things that he thinks about in his life, according to the visions that Luke kind of pried out of him, were uh, Order 66, eating, and and his dad, his, 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 you know, surrogate dad. Those are the only things he thinks about. He, like, learns this other stuff from Luke, but he's not really interested in it. Like, it's like... Luke has no chance to succeed with him as a student. And that's not because like Grogu couldn't do it or Luke couldn't teach him like in a competent way. It's that Grogu is not old enough to understand this yet. And he's too attached to the only thing in his life that has, you know, that has, um, that, that has been stability. And, uh, you know, so to me, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I assumed he would go pretty quickly. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I like all of that stuff of all of the Luke stuff. I was very easily able to contextualize as just more in the string of failures that led Luke to this jaundiced worldview that he has um, like 24, 25 years later in The Last Jedi. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I liked that. I, I liked I, I like that. But, you know, everybody has their own uh, very weird neuroses about Luke Skywalker. Um, <laughs> uh, very, very, very weird neuroses about Luke Skywalker, apparently. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought it I thought it worked, um, though. You know, I, I guess I could see why why people were more were, were not uh, not great with it. Yeah, as for. I think as for the other characterizations, like, they're, so I think, I don't know what the numbers are, and, and given that it's like, all oh, all streaming, I guess there were some viewership numbers for when they aired, but Boba is fleshed out as a character, as a child in Clone Wars, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't actually know if he shows up in Rebels. Um, uh... I don't, I don't think so. think he does. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think he shows up in Rebels. Um, but he's certainly been fleshed out in yeah, um, in Clone Wars a lot. So we kind of have yeah, some greater understanding of him there. But it's not. Um, but obviously, like there's there's a lot that happens, and so. Um, there was a quip that was, that was circulating after, I think, episode five that went around, which is, oh, yeah, this is like the Boba Fett I remember. Mostly a background character says one line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. His his characterization is is pretty spot on for, for a lot of the stuff. Like he and Cad Bane had like a falling out. They don't like each other. Um, you know, he... Uh, I'll be honest, like him being like an old man and like them, like really showing that like all this stuff had taken a toll on him was something that I liked. Like, even though he, uh, kind of got his ass kicked a few times. Um, I did like that. I thought that was uh, kind of funny actually. Um, you know, Finnick has to do all the, uh, the hard stuff and Boba's like one, Boba's like hobbling over there on his cane afterwards. Like, ah, I'm, I'm here. It's me, the daimyo, uh, <laughs> that, that word that we use for some reason. Um, 
let me see other characterization uh cab bane's characterization was spot on um he's like the best gunfighter in the galaxy but uh he would often uh, get tripped up by uh, gloating over his opponents uh which happens here um yep that's cad bane uh trying to think anyone else here who's had like other stuff um happen in uh you know max rebo played uh whatever that fucking thing he plays uh that nailed it did that and uh figuring dan uh figuring dan did die in the explosion by the way he was definitely (laughs) there he was standing right there i remember seeing that um you know uh i can't i don't even remember anything any other like specific cameos that weren't like luke or yeah yeah, I mean, Black Black Kersantan is, is, I mean, that, you know, he's like a bounty hunter badass. And, you know, you know he's he's teamed up with good guys and bad guys before. So, you know, it's kind of whatever, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's not not uncommon for bounty hunters in Star Wars at no, all. No, I mean, it, so it fits into the broader Mando universe. I don't think the show is coherent without it. Um, oh, I don't no, think it's, no, not at all. I mean, I think it's barely coherent with it. There's interesting, again, there's interesting ideas that are explored. I think there's a lot that is neat in, in the world building. And I think one of the things that post Return of the Jedi Star Wars has to sort of account for in canon, which this takes a stab at, is what is life like when the empire is no longer formally or even physically in control in many places, but there's still the remnants of the war and there's still all this, these tremendous amount of armed groups with, with substantial buy-in. It's interesting to have reconstruction stories, especially given that we know reconstruction fails uh, which is fundamentally the thing that happens in the sequel arc is that it, it gets destroyed, it gets undermined. Um, it ends with uh, fleets of many Death Stars. We less I talk about Rise of Skywalker, the better. But the what is it like to build that up? What is it like to build a world? And there's clumsy attempts at doing this. It's just unclear why the stakes haven't been mm. made weren't made clear to the characters, and I think that fundamentally. I think the decision to have the destruction of the Tuscans happen early in the season after building it up really drained the potential for a coherent standalone arc that was about a person in a place with a connection to it. Um, And Mm -hmm. for all the parts I like, that has me lowering my expectations further for the future shows that, that come out. Yeah, yeah. My expectations aren't very high, except for Kenobi. Uh, Kenobi's going to be great, <laughs> and uh, anyone who says otherwise, um, shut the fuck up. No, um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't have high expectations for most of these shows, um, and that's not because I don't think uh, the writers or directors or anyone isn't capable. It's just like this is how TV is. This is what streaming TV is, and and that it, it, there's nothing that like 
it is what it is. And we all know this or should know this going in. And, you know, this series was put there because, like, you know, Robert Rodriguez liked Boba Fett. And they could get him to come and direct some stuff and do some stuff. And it filled the hole that they needed to fill and gave him some content. And that's what it is. And, like, that's what the show, like, that. that's what this show was. You know, like, uh, you know, Kenobi is probably different because i mean they've literally been talking with you and mcgregor about doing either a kenobi movie or tv series since at least like 2014 um and you know i think that you know other stuff uh like probably Andor and ahsoka will both be like more grounded in what they are and not so much just like oh here's a character everybody knows we can squeeze some episodes out of this um you know it's just like I don't know. It is, it is what it is. And you know, that I, I can't, I, it, I what am I trying to say? Um, it, it is what it is, but like, it doesn't mean you can't like dislike it or be happy with it or something like that. It's just like one of those things, like when people come in with like insanely high <laughs> expectations for like a show like this, I'm like, I do not understand <laughs> I, it's not me. That's not be me being jaundiced. As I've already said, I have insanely high expectations for Kenobi and I will probably be let down. But, um, I, I know that, you know, people who come in with these high expectations and, and like, I will I, say, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what to wait. tell you. Like, I, so, so I will say one of the things that was, I think sort of vexing about the idea of how do you tell a Boba Fett story is we got that. That's what the Mandalorian is if you wanted a story about a bounty hunter whose main traits are persistence and getting the job done then congrats there's two seasons of it it's very good um what deciding to do a boba fett series after that when the defining characteristics of boba fett as seen in live action um because I think, by and large, I don't think the perception of Boba Fett is shaped by the Clone Wars episodes people saw. That was certainly <laughs> matters for some, but I think, by and large, the big thing that's happening is they needed to go in a different direction than Mando. And what they got is, what mm-hmm. if he decided to settle down and have a place? And they almost got there with, he has a he finds a connection to the place and he fights for those people. And then it killed those people and it was hard to say why he stuck around further. But... Mm-hmm. I, I applaud them for at least trying to tell a different story since they already had basically the Boba Fett, the TV show done just with a different character. Um, we'll see yeah. where, where it goes from there. But I think that's, that's sort of my, my final thought. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think my final thought is that uh, it's not a, this is, I would not call this a good show. Um, I would not uh, call it, um, you know, one that I'm going to revisit a ton, except maybe the Mando episodes. Um, uh, but, um, I will say that with like most of this stuff, this is still far better than most of the stuff that ever came out in legends. So I have a real, like personally, I have a real hard time being like, this shit fucking sucks. I fucking hate it. It's awful. Blah, 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 blah. Because like, in Legends, Boba Fett, like, he's antagonistic, but then, like, his story, Boba Fett's story basically culminates with him um, teaching one of Han and Leia's kids the best way to kill 
another one of Han and Leia's kids who's he, he teaches Han and Leia's daughter Jaina how to kill her twin brother Jason because he like knew how Solo's thought and he you know because of his rivalry with Han like it, that's where this stuff ended up in Legends so like when I see this I'm like okay he became like a weird old man who's cranky about drugs in his neighborhood and did a couple cool things with the Rancor um uh, you know it's uh it, I'm just like yeah I mean it's not great the show's not great or anything but uh <laughs> you know it's man it's way better than most of the shit I lived through that's all <laughs> I mean maybe that's just because maybe that's just because I'm old and I read a lot of Star Wars as a kid but man like this is miles <laughs> miles beyond any of that like this has production value real production like it's not always great the cgi is weird sometimes right. and, if there's if there's you know, anything anything as a takeaway yeah. from photor it's that canon is hard and that doing canon a second time on top of an existing canon or at least aware of an existing canon is yeah. also hard um and in the universe whose yeah. primary Touchstones are um, super well-known, uh, a, a small set of super well-known texts, and then a tremendous amount of nostalgia built around it. Afterwards, you're gonna get some stuff thrown in there. I think. I mean, it. Yeah. I'm not bemoaning the existence of Book of Boba Fett. I think there's there's interesting things to think about and talk about <laughs> in it. I do think it was a pretty incoherent narrative, and that's fine. That's what storytelling often is. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, had some laughs, killed some time. Uh, yep. There you go. Uh, man, uh, book of Boba Fett, uh, season one review. Um, I, I would say, I hope there's not a season two, but, uh, if there's not, I would be beyond shocked. Um, because that's just how these things go. That's what streaming TV is. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, give me yeah, give me a book of that's all I got. Give me that that chapter. I think that's the interesting direction to explore. Give uh I excuse me, I mean I think you mean the uh the book of tech teens. The uh the book of the, the mod uh, squad. The the Yeah, the, the, yeah, there you go, the mod squad. Yeah. Uh the the the, the book of being a sideshow to the Mandalorian. Um Oh man, no! The book of uh, Black Carsantin. Car- That's what we need. Just that guy. Like, I don't. The book I, I don't need him doing hunters, anything. I don't need. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need him doing anything other than beating the shit out of people, ripping arms off, using those electrified uh, brass knuckles. Yeah, good shit. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Uh, thank you for listening to our review. Um, next time we will, uh, go back to talking about the Jedi, but, uh, we decided to do this first. Um, yeah, Kelsey, tell the good people where sure, they can find you. You can find me, um, on Twitter at AthertonKD. You can also find my writing on war robots and other bad futures at AthertonKD.substack. My name is Luke. I'm Luke is Amazing on Twitter. Uh, you can find my other podcast, We're Not So Different, uh, wherever you're listening to this. Um, yeah, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. May the Force be with you.